You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Lacrosse Boots. If you guys haven't checked out the new Navigator series from Lacrosse, I strongly suggest you do that. Two really good boots within that Navigator series, the Windrose and the Atlas. If you want to find out more information about all of the boots that Lacrosse offers, visit their website, lacrossefootwear.com. You won't regret it. Welcome back to the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and today we are talking with Keith Beam from New Archery Products. And um, I tell you, this is an interesting conversation because we get to talk a little bit about the original founder of the company who I had the uh, pleasure to meet several years ago. And um, it's cool, and I, I mentioned this in the podcast, but it's really cool when the founder or the owner of a company puts off an energy and they are excited about their products and they're excited about how their products are used and their participants, right? I talk a lot about that with my buddies is um, it's in some of these companies in the outdoor industry, you're talking with someone who is not a participant. They, they may not hunt, they may not fish, they may not be an outdoorsy type person. They're there to do a job, and uh, sometimes that's really hard to get your message across to them, uh, especially for me with the content that I'm putting out, right? If they don't understand, you know, that, uh, uh, let's just for example say a broadhead kills a deer and it's good because it leaves a, a wound channel and they've never killed a deer before or they've never been bow hunting before, then it's it's hard to communicate with those companies. And um, that conversation that I had with the the original founder of NAP was was one that I'm always going to remember. I'll be honest with you. He, I mean, he got into details about uh, the metal they use, the sharpening process, the uh, you know why sharp blades are better than dull blades. And this dude was a like honestly was a rocket scientist. And just listening to him talk got me excited about uh, you know about the company. And uh, although I don't shoot their broadheads anymore. I, you know, it was just one of those people that you meet in the hunting industry who he was fired up about his company and that made his consumers fired up about their products. So uh, on this episode, we're going to be talking with Keith Beam. He's been working um, with uh, the GSM Outdoor Group for a while now. And uh, uh, this conversation is about new archery products, NAP. So sit back, relax, short episode, enjoy, and... uh I guess uh, make sure you guys are following along on the Sportsman's Nation on Instagram and Facebook. And if you guys want to reach out to myself or Bob, uh, hit us up on Facebook or Instagram and let us know what company you would like to see reviewed or a product category that you would like us to uh, chit-chat about. Uh, We would love to do that. So there's that. Here's the start of this episode. Okay, we are here at the ATA show with Keith Beam, and uh, we're going to talk about NAP, New Archery Products. It's a broadhead company, 
It's a broadhead company that's been around probably longer than most. Okay. Andy Simo, the actual founder of it, was an actual rocket scientist. Yes. In fact, he came out with the Flipper Rest was the first product that NAP had. He's been known. Uh, you probably have heard about the Thunderhead broadhead, the yep. fixed blade replaceable, yep. and and a, a, the most probably popular mechanical of all mechanical still to date, the Spitfire. Yep. I can honestly say I've had every one of those on a bow at some point in my life. That's right. the way it should be. Yep. You know, if if you look at it, at, you know, maybe not the younger generation, but but guys like my age, I, you know, I just turned 29. Okay, line. I just turned 54. Um, we somebody along that line. If you've bow hunted very long, you've shot a new archery product. Right. Uh, right. Product. For right. Sure. I can also say I killed a crap ton of deer with a Spitfire as well. I've been using the kill zone for the last three years, and yeah, loving it. I don't. Yeah, I have not lost a whitetail with it. That's I do a good believe. thing. Yeah. That's a good thing. So, I just to echo something real quick that you said, uh, I had the uh, ability, or I, I I spoke with Andy a while ago. It's been in several years. Yep. But he's a person that I got an energy from <laughs> when I heard, yeah. heard oh, him yeah. talk about broadheads and metal and material and sharpening and all this stuff. And that is exciting to a consumer when you can hear the designer or the owner or a founder of a company just get geeked out yeah. about, about well, a product. you got to remember, Andy was a very humble, yeah. super, super kind man, yep. uh, took care of his employees, and was a blast to be around. Mm-hmm. And at that same time, you know, there's a double PhD, I believe, in electrical and mechanical engineering from Purdue, you know, and he actually was the lead engineer on Apollo 7, the rocket that landed on the moon. So when you look at it and you go, oh, my goodness, how how did you figure out how to develop the Spitfire? How did you figure out? He's got the brain for it, and he was very enthusiastic about it. If you think back to NAP's glory days, they came out with the Spitfire. They came out with the Thunderhead, you know, like the first replaceable fixed-blade broadhead. Then you've got this quick tune 360 or the quick tune rest. And very few people, unless you've been in 18, 19, 20 years, will remember it. But the guys that do understand what I'm talking about. It was the first rest you could put on your bow, make four or five clicks, and your bow's tuned. Yeah. You know, he was so far ahead of the schedule, you know, and, and that's, that's a lot of people, you know. You look at any of these brands that we have here, and somebody was a great prophet. Somebody yeah. understood something to, to design it, you know. Right, absolutely. So, I've, I've interviewed some other broadhead uh, manufacturers here at the show, and I like asking this question because I get a different response every time, and that is the consumer and their passion for broadheads. I feel like there's something about a broadhead that people just are loyal to. Mm-hmm. They are very passionate about. What do you see? Well, here's why there's so many broadheads, okay? I used to own double bull archer with Brooks Johnson, yep. okay? That, that, I'll give you guys a little bit of background here on the thing. Uh, the five-hub blind was my invention, 1994. We yep. had it, sold it to Primos. Brooks and I sold it to Primos 2007. Went to Primos for the next bunch of years, then came over to NAP, designed a couple broadheads for him. We were acquired by GSM, and now I'm right here sitting with you. Over that course, we have seen a gazillion new broadheads come out. Why? It's because if anybody has a broadhead fail 
or anybody makes a poor shot and blames it on the broadhead. Right. Both yep. things happen. Yep. They're done using that broadhead. Yes. And it's not like they're going to go, I'll give it another try. We work, as bow hunters, we work way too hard to get that opportunity. So when you find a broadhead that's working for you, Every time you shoot, just like you mentioned, the kill zone, okay? Yep. I've never lost a deer with it. Guess where your confidence is? It's in the kill zone, okay? The only reason that there's so many broadheads is because people have made poor shots or something has failed on a broadhead, hence the reason more and more come out. Now, there are situations when crossbows are getting faster and faster yeah. that we have to design different broadheads, yep. you know, in order to handle that. Same thing with targets. But when you think about a broadhead and loyalty, you're always loyal to it until it truly does something you didn't think it was going to happen, mm -hmm. like it didn't open, or it deployed and went crazy on you, or it failed. And maybe, maybe us as hunters, we don't take it uh, enough of our responsibility to say, I made a bad shot. It's right. not the broadhead's problem. Right. But with that being said, though, I designed this, um, uh, drew it up, the, the DK4. The new broadhead from from NAP sent it to our engineers and our engineers. I, I mean, I sketched this thing up. I'm not I'm not a design artist. It just popped into my head, and our engineers took this catastrophe sketch of mine and made it into a, a work of art. And the DK4 is our hybrid. It is a fixed blade broadhead. So fixed blades are tried and true, fail safe, foolproof, right? You're right. going to get two blades to cut. We matched it with our Spitfire blades. They're proven. Okay, they're 26 years on the market. Okay, it's proven. The neat thing about this head is the main blade is locked in place with a lot of force. But if it impacts bone or like a shoulder bone or maybe a like a heavy rib or something, it will kick over. It's called an impact responsive blade system. It will kick over to the side, allowing your arrow to continue on that path you intended. You know, where everything else always stopped before. Now, there have been combinations. Of like, the, a, like a path of least resistance. Exactly. Okay. But it, well, what, what the thing about ours is it's different from everything else. There have been fixed blades combined with mechanicals lots of times. Mm -hmm. Problem is, is everybody puts the fixed blade up front. As soon as it pushes the, uh, the hide and cuts it, it's flappy. And you're asking the mechanical to grab that instead of true hide and work. And that's why it's always failed. Ours Spitfire blades deploy on impact at the same time that the fixed blade does. It instantly blows a four-blade hole. That's very interesting. Yeah. I feel like that's pretty unique. That is, yeah. It is the most unique broadhead in the world. And our engineers, I'll tell you what, there is a reasons why. It's a little segment that I'm doing on our website. There's a reasons why segment showing me shooting this DK4 in the inch and three-eighths inch and three quarters and a field tip at 80 yards and pounding them all in uncut pounding them all into about a four inch group and i'm talking about shooting two different blade lengths all of 125 grain two different blade lengths against a field tip and throwing all of them at 80 yards right there nice so there's some accuracy involved as well and our engineers are superb right right let me ask you about the the saying flies like a field point yep right everybody wants a broadhead whether it's mechanical or fixed blade to fly like a field point yep is there ever a true broadhead that flies like a field point i just said it, the dk4 i can take that out there with you we'll shoot at 43 yards we'll shoot it you know put your pin on 40 it'll hit low shoot your field tip shoot your broadhead it'll yeah. be the same 
Do you personally get uh, the ability in your in your role to, I mean, you design this, but play around and come up with ideas all the time and hand them to an engineer and the engineers go, yeah, we can make this work or, eh, you're crazy. <laughs> no, I'm crazy. That's good. <laughs> no, that's good. But that, that is my role. Yeah. Um, that's actually my title. Yeah. And uh, director of craziness. And uh, <laughs> no, it's actually director of product innovation. And my role is is not only to produce all of our visual content uh, with a, a couple different companies and get that out there, but it, it is to bring things to our engineers that are different you know we've got so many things in the works i was shocked the archery tool i designed this thing sketched it out they built it had no idea they were building it when i'm setting up putting the stuff on the pegboards here they threw one in my lap had no idea the project was even in place i just kind of thought it got voiced away you know pushed to the side and, and all of a sudden here it is that's a win it is a great win to win so uh when it comes to the we're where do your customers stand on, I know I know you have a variety of offerings, but where do your customers stand as far as fixed blade or mechanicals, and do you sell more than one or the other? Well, mechanicals have taken over the industry, and, and it's simplified a lot of things for a lot of people. One, people did not know how to tune a bow where they could get a fixed blade to fly, and it's a very good engineered fixed blade is very simple to get flying. One of the things that you'll want to, you know, understand is most people are torquing their bow a little. If they torque their bow a little, they're going to push that arrow off to that side that they're torquing, whether they're right hand or left hand. But it's also going to cause that fixed blade to, to tumble. Okay, keep a dead bow hand. Chances are, if your bow's tuned, you can shoot any fixed blade that's out there. However, the love for mechanicals is hyper speeds. You know, the, it, people think it's less wind resistance, you know, so they're either getting flat line or their pins are closer together. And it, it, they don't have to worry about tuning their bow very well. You know, people that are, have mediocre tuned bows can grab a broadhead and shoot it very similar to their field tip. Most of the time, people that say, I can't get this to shoot with a field tip, doesn't have a tuned bow. Right. You said... People think that mechanicals fly faster. Have you guys tested it? Where I'm sure they do. I mean, okay. I, I okay. really, you I know, know. I'm, I'm certain that that's the whole rage. Is is uh, no pun intended, but um, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's one of those things that it's less wind resistance out front. Yeah. You know, you got like a lot less blade surface. I didn't on. know if you guys had tested that or not. No, you know, we offer uh, the Thunderhead and we offer this broadhead called the Hellraiser. And the Hellraiser is this fixed blade we're pegging through, if you guys are wondering what we're talking about here. Um, the Hellraiser here is a fixed blade, solid piece, one piece ferrule uh, and, and blade system. That's one of these romances because you lay it on a stone, you push it forward, and you're sharpening the broadhead. You flip it, keep going. You know, it's one of those things, it's like it's like John Rambo, you know, in the early <laughs> days. Like, you know, you, you're, you're running it on the stone and you're getting really excited about going out and hunting with the super sharp blade you know so there's there's the romance there the thunderhead is just a blazing sharp diamondized sharpened blades okay on a tried and true feral all right it's just mean you know and and a lot of people don't do the rubber band test i don't know if you've ever heard of it Mm -hmm. you know you you, you crisscross a whole bunch of rubber bands and then drop your broadhead through it and see what it you know because vessels in in you know veins are like rubber bands they have elasticity to them so if it's not cutting if it's just pushing them aside you need to sharpen your broadhead more most people don't even test sharpness on broadheads anymore they feel it and they're like that's good yeah. you know but that could be the difference of you finding your deer or not it might right. be the difference of having a trap
track him another 100 yards or not. Sure. So it, it's one of those things that, you know, test a broadhead. But the Nitro, which is the smallest little offering, it is a steel feral monster construction. You shoot this through any barrel drum and into an animal after it, and it'll just keep killing. I mean, it's just mean. Plus, it flies great at super hyper speeds. The DK4 inch and three eighths. Let me give you a little bit about this. We shot it out of 10 points XT or whatever the model is. It's a 470 foot a second crossbow. It's a rocket launcher, basically. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It shot one inch away at 48 yards, one inch away difference from the field tip. So I'm telling you, that's a broadhead flying at the hyper speeds that we have to offer right. and hitting right with the field tip. Yeah. Yeah. So I've noticed that other other brands have gone to a, a machined one piece, no moving parts. Was that a like an industry demand? No, I think it's engineers reaching out for different different ways of, of, of making a cracker. You know, and, and it is, and it's aesthetics. You know, if we think about it, and if you if you were to take my statement of the only reason we have so many broadheads is because people have had fail, failures, whether it right. be their fault or the broadhead's fault. That's why we designed If everybody shot everything perfectly, we would all still be shooting flint nap. I mean, that's the way the world works. Yeah. You know, it, what is it? The nece- mother of inventions and necessity of all evils, the mother of invention or whatever. Yeah. You know, and, and people are going, why did they come up with a mechanical? Because people were having trouble tuning their bows. You know, think of all the animals Chuck Adams and Miles Keller and, and our forefathers in this industry killed with, with a Savora, with a, with a Thunderhead, you know, with, yeah. with something that was so sharp and so mean, you know. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, materials that you guys to, use to construct this. What are, what's the breakdown there? Well, you've got aluminum ferrules, yep. and they're aircraft aluminum ferrules. you got stainless steel blades, and it'll be, I, I, I'm not certain on the, the, the nomenclature of what it is on it. And then we have steel ferrules and, and, and capsized. You know, it, it's one of those things. It's a mix. It's a giant mix. It's the same as, you know, what you would want to see from somebody as, as high quality as NAP. Gotcha. Okay. All right, so here's the pitch again. Okay. Uh, why, if a guy's shopping for broadheads or maybe he, he's had another failure, like you said, uh-huh. with an, another brand, why NAP? Well, first of all, we've been proven, all right? Uh, if you looked at it, a guy asked me one time in a training seminar, if you had one broadhead, and this was before the DK4 came out, he asked me if you had one broadhead and that was the only broadhead you could ever have on your island, what would it be? And I said the Spitfire, the original Spitfire. You know, it is fail-safe, foolproof. It's been tried. It's proven. It's sharp. It's mean. You know, Andy Simo did some great things. I believe he had a patent on it of one of his patents was um, taking the tip off. It feels sharp, but it's milled square. Why? Because it pushes hide a little farther before the blades get there. So when it hits, you ever wonder why you shoot a two-inch, like a two-inch broadhead, and it cuts a five-inch hole? That's because it's stretching the hide before it blows up, before right. the blades hit. Right. You know, and that was that's Andy Simo. That's brilliance right there of understanding that if he sharpened it to a superb point, it would separate the skin rather than stretch it. 
And that brings us to the end of another Hunting Gear podcast episode. Huge shout out to everybody for taking time out of their day to listen to this content. Man, me and Bob really appreciate it. Uh, Once Bob gets back from his little vacation, we're going to hop on again and uh, have uh, a gear BS session, so to speak. So uh, stay tuned for that. Make sure you guys are listening to all of the content coming out of the Sportsman's Nation. We got habitat work. We got hunting strategy we got fishing strategy we got tons of turkey content coming out right now so if there is a i mean we got big game we got bears we got sporting dogs you name it we got it uh listen to the sportsman's nation we got we got almost everything so uh thank you for listening and uh we'll talk to you next week